Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Gabriel leads a community of 100 people, calls himself the next planetary prince. He started out life as Tony Delavan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But according to his own autobiography, after two traumatic divorces and the death of a seven-year-old daughter, he began to hear voices. He went to Los Angeles to be a musician, and when that failed, he says, the voices grew stronger. They told him he had had many past glorious lives on Earth. He'd been St. Peter and Alexander the Great. My name is Joseph L. Flatley, and you are listening to Failed State Update with me and with your co-host, J.G. Michael. So, J.G., it's good to have you back. We had a couple couple weeks where you were a little busy, I was a little busy, things were up in the air, and uh, we haven't had a chance to, like, shoot the shit in a while. How, how you doing? Doing pretty good, just keeping myself busy, and I'm happy we're sort of back at it with Failed State Update. Yeah, definitely. Um, I tell you what I'm happy with is I, I'm a little late to the this Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, but I'm fascinated by it. Fascinated by all the whole thing. I haven't like I haven't even gotten into the implications of like Amber Heard as a monarch mind control subject. I don't know if that rumor has been started or not. If it hasn't, it should be started. <laughs> Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Kathy O'Brien crowd to start talking about that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just hearsay. That's the that's the one thing. Every other every other time she opens her mouth, the lawyers say hearsay, uh, objection, hearsay, and I don't understand what that means in a legal context. I don't understand how like you could be spreading hearsay about yourself because I mean, wouldn't you know? The whole th- the whole thing is it's like it's so bizarre. Like I can't think of the last time I actually watched a trial on TV, and it like really is a testament to like Johnny Depp's narcissism. Like it wasn't even supposed to be on the air. You know this like culture of narcissism, culture of sexual trauma. I brought up Monarch kind of facetiously, but we both had a chance to talk to an author lately who deals with those subjects in a serious manner, and. Oddly, there's a little bit of overlap between, you know, celebrity culture and this monarch conspiracy. Well, it goes all the way back to the uh, the original MKUltra uh, stories, uh, particularly uh, Candy Jones, the the supermodel who dated, uh, I would say, the the precursor to uh, Art Bell, Long John Neville. Uh, and you know there was this whole story, right? Uh, Candy Jones, mind-controlled assassin by night and by day, she's a supermodel. Yeah, <laughs> right. Candy Jones, for listeners who maybe aren't aware, I think it's called what is it? The control of Candy Jones, the CIA control of Candy Jones. I think by Donald Bain, who incidentally ended up writing a bunch of murder she wrote books. Well, that's a great gig if you can get it um, for sure. Yeah, so so Long John Nebel, he's like yeah, like you said, the the Art Bell of the the sixties. He's the um, or seventies. He has all night radio show where he just drinks a bunch of coffee and discusses forty and subjects. And at one point, he gets married to you know Candy Jones, this woman whose uh, visage graced all these like bombers. In World War Two, where they would like paint like cheesy cheesecake photos of women on the sides of of, uh, of bombers, and um, the story is apparently, you know, through hypnosis, like there was something wrong. She couldn't quite put her finger on it. Her husband hypnotized her and uncovered all these memories. Which I guess I guess the amazing Randy 
told Paul Krasner, I guess Randy was friends with with uh, Neville, and um, I guess he told Paul Krasner that um, Neville, you know, was very open about the fact that he just made the whole thing up because he needed the money. So I don't know if that's been proven or is provable, but that's that's the story I heard. I mean, I could believe it. I, I think there's sort of carny tradition when it comes to uh, late night talk hosts, especially the ones that talk about, you know, UFOs. And, you know, you remember the uh, it, it reminds me of the um, Area 51 call uh, to Art Bell. You know, there, there's all kinds of like things that I think are kind of uh, stagey, I guess, in late night talk radio. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the fun of it. And I've I've whiled away so many late night road trip hours listening to Art Bell back in the day. And you know, it's it's fun. And sometimes people take it too far. As uh, Candace Woolley, is that how you say her I name? Think it's Candace Wheelie. Wheelie, yeah, that's what that's right. So you introduced me to her and her new book, Monarch, um, out now from Soft Skull Press. <laughs> that's right. And you you had a a really good uh, interview with her on Parallax Views. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I decided to have Candace on uh, because, you know, I, I somehow I, I got uh, notified of this book, Monarch, and I just saw the cover of it, right? And it's just you have this washed out sort of Barbie doll face on it, and it just says Monarch. And I'm like, wait, someone has made a novel based on monarch the 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 mind control conspiracy theory right the uh not just mind control because it's a little bit different from mk ultra right like monarch is like the pornified version of mk ultra it's not just uh mind controlled assassins it's like mind controlled sex slaves for the cia what was that uh there was that article by um robert sterling our friend from uh the conformist uh he wrote uncle ronnie's sex slaves i think it was for like hustler or something <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there, there were all these women that came out, uh, chief among them, Kathy O'Brien, author of Transformation of America, uh, who basically claimed they were mind-controlled sex slaves for the CIA, and, you know, Boxcar Willie was a reptilian, and Bob Hope was my handler in the case of uh, Bryce Tiller, and you have all these just women who I think had some serious issues and were in my view, taken advantage of probably. Yeah, by their their handlers, their men that were, you know, quote unquote, rescuing them. That was the case with uh, Kathy O'Brien, I think. But, you know, also Candy Jones, both of their stories are very much, there was something wrong with me and this knight in shining armor came in and fixed me using hypnosis. And now we're going into business as, you know, professional conspiracy theorists. I don't really know how much like how much of that is put on how much of that is the story how much of that is like literally what happened you know does does uh kathy o'brien think that she was part of monarch i don't know real quick i gotta ask you have you ever seen the short documentary robert sterling's actually in it it's called um the most dangerous game and it's a short documentary like 10 minutes about kathy o'brien and, and CIA mind control. And I think it was uh, the Guerrilla News Network released it. Um, they made it. And that that's back in like the early 2000s, I think. Yeah, that was like pre-YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's the wildest documentary I've ever seen in some ways because you're just watching this short 10-minute documentary. And Kathy O'Brien the whole time is like, and they carved satanic symbols on my vajayjay. And, and the whole documentary they're like kind of like teasing that they're going to show it at the end and they never do and i'm like is this is this like supposed to be some like weird cock tease for like conspiracy theorists and you know really out there evangelical christians i remember when that came out because um i was a big fan of that site and their work and um i remember not really even at the time thinking like, is this, is this like news of the weird stuff or is this, you know, is this really like, really, or is this really like journalism that's advocating for monarch victims? Like I couldn't, it's just, it's an odd subject and, um, and it very easily 
veers into the uh, sensational, but the reason I loved your interview with uh, Ms. Wooley and the reason that I interviewed her as well for Failed State Update, link in the show notes, is because I think that a lot of a lot of important subjects are brought up come to light in these crazy mythologies. You know, I think there are very few people who believe that they are monarch slaves, but there are thousands and thousands of people who believe that monarch slaves exist. You know, slight difference. Why do people believe this outrageous stuff that can't be proven? And it, it's it's interesting to me to work on it in fiction in a novel uh, because the novelist is doing on purpose what I think all these people are doing by accident, creating this narrative. Yeah, I think it's really interesting with uh, Kathy O'Brien. Um, and then so, so like you, you take Transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien and then you put it side by side with Monarch uh, by Candace Whaley. And it, it's interesting because one of those two books, mainly Candace's book, is sort of dealing with Monarch as a metaphor. And in a weird way, Kathy O'Brien kind of makes sense to me when I read her as fiction. It's like, you know, the whole most dangerous game element and like, you know, this feeling of being hunted down in a patriarchal society. You know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's just, you know, to me, it makes sense as metaphor rather than, you know, some real account. Well, yeah. And, and, and I think that's the point that I was trying to make. And I think that's why, you know, Candace did the book was because... It is a metaphor. Like, it is metaphor when Kathy O'Brien does it. Kathy O'Brien just doesn't realize that it's a metaphor. Metaphors are important for us to understand, to come to grips with reality. Some of us realize we're doing it. Some of us don't realize we're doing it. And then, like, the behavior that results from an unwitting metaphor in the sense of QAnon and Roger Stone and trying to overthrow the election is a lot different than the behavior that results in an actual healthy person realizing this is a horror story. And the reason it works as a horror story is because it does point to some truth that lies beneath the surface. It reminds me a lot too of, uh, you know, movies like they live and, uh, society, the, the great body horror movie by Brian Yuzna. The reason those movies work is because those movies treat it as a metaphor. And really what they're getting at is that, you know, in a way, if you're at the bottom rung of society and you come across people at the top, they are going to seem completely different from you. They're just different culture, different strata of society. So they're almost – people at the tippy top are almost removed uh, from the rest of us. So in a way, metaphorically, they almost are kind of alien to us in a way. All that stuff makes sense as metaphor, but then when you treat it as, uh, no, they're actually 12-foot-tall shape-shifting reptiles, then it gets a little bit out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what, what what screws people up is they don't realize that they can have very strong feelings about metaphorical reality. You know, it's like, something horrible has happened to me. I can't even quite put a name to what happened, but I have this strong feeling and I feel strongly drawn towards monarch conspiracy theories. It must be because that literally is what happened to me. I had a conversation with a Jason Horsley of the Autoculture podcast and author of all kinds of books who like handles all this material in a way that's very similar to what we're describing except he believes it's absolutely real. And I was having this conversation with him before he decided I was a dupe for the New World Order and spoke out against me in his blog, which is another story for another day, a short, not really that interesting story. He's been searching for proof that he was abducted or monarched. And to his credit, he doesn't have it, so he hasn't come out and said, at least when I spoke to him like four years ago, you know, he was like, he's like, I, I just have this feeling. I haven't been able to prove it yet. And I was like, well, so what's that mean? Like, like, do you want to, have you ever thought about maybe I want to believe this for some reason? And he's like, yeah, I mean, the, it's occurred to me, but how messed up would I have to be to want to believe it? <laughs> Which is like, it's, I appreciate the candor, but I don't think you would have to be that messed up to want to believe it. Not any more than you'd have to be messed up to be attracted to like, 
body horror or any like transgressive art or cinema. Um, we're all, a lot of us. I think we're all drawn to it to a degree. A lot of us will admit to it, but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us. It just means that there is a shadow side to the human beings that need to be that needs to be explored. It, it reminds me of that great line that uh, the. I think it was he was um, a psychiatrist, R.D. Lang. You know the one, the one that uh, he started the asylum that was run by the inmates, and then it, that made him famous. So he ended up on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band cover. Uh, but I, I think he said once, you know, um, insanity is a rational adjustment to an insane world. Um, that sort of gets at what you're saying. Like I don't, I don't think it takes much to uh, believe in things that may not be true or maybe out there or maybe um, not true in a factual sense, uh, but maybe true in a metaphorical sense. I don't think it's that much of a leap for people because it's, it's a, it's a very, we live in a world that, that is full of traumas. And, you know, I think people often feel crushed under the weight of the world. Um, and I, I actually think that's what makes uh, conspiracies so popular with a lot of people. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head and, um, I'm going to suggest people check out our dueling interviews with the author. Um, and speaking of an in a, a sane, a just a reaction to an insane world, I uh, have an interesting uh, tape for you guys today um, for the podcast. And last week, Gabriel Viarancha, who you might be familiar with as a uh, you know, subject of my book and podcast, my book, New Age Grifter, and my podcast, The So-Called Prophet from Pittsburgh, are about this real-life UFO cult. It's not a metaphor. It's in the desert in, in Arizona, and they are waiting for the end of the world and, you know, and enjoying a lot of, like, trauma and extreme control behavior at the hands of... Gabriel of Urantia and his uh, lieutenants. Things have been really crazy there. Uh, Gabriel, as of late, he... Apparently, the story I've heard is he had COVID, and he was at death's door, and and it was like like the best time they've had at, in the compound sense, because it's like every everybody was so worried about the leader that they like stopped like enforcing all the rules super hard, and... It, they like lightened up and people actually had fun for a while. And then Gabriel came back from death's door and he's just been on a tear. I guess it's just like, it's become like super. The story I've heard is it's become like incredibly restrictive and much more punishments and, and just a lot, lot tougher than it's ever been. And, um, at one point, you know, some, some people escaped and then last week, Paladin, which is a extraterrestrial cosmic entity that speaks through Gabriel. It's something that people in the cult are very familiar with these channeling sessions and getting spoken to by this, this space alien or whatever. But it's not something us people outside the cult ever really get to hear until last week when Paladin Van, the uh, Gabriel's uh, extraterrestrial space voice in his head called up the radio station and started talking about the the upcoming apocalypse and the end of the world. So um, it's it's quite a it's pretty interesting. And what I ended up actually doing is I got a tape of this, and I got on Zoom with Joshua Lilly, who is a former ex member who's I've interviewed quite a bit and who's been on the podcast before, and uh, we just played it. And then, like, we would pause it every so often, and Josh would comment on what he just heard, or, you know, the messages behind what Gabriel's saying. Really an interesting tape. So we're going to hear that now, and then uh, we'll be back on the other side. Josh Lilly is a former member of the Global Community Communications Alliance, the cult, the UFO cult in Arizona that we cover quite a bit on Failed State Update. You might say that he's a motivated ex-member, motivated by bringing Gabriel and his corrupt inner circle into account and trying to find a way to help all the people 
who have been in the cult's compound in Tumacacri for so many years. The cult has a radio station called K-Van. It's available on the internet, and it's available in Tucson, Arizona. And recently, the leader of the cult took to the airwaves to warn people to come to Arizona and join him before it was too late. There was something particularly peculiar about the message, so I spoke to Josh, and and we're going to play that recording back so that he can explain what it is exactly that we're listening to. You're listening to KVANLP 917 Tucson, Visionary Radio. Streaming across the universe online at kvan.fm. Spiritualution and justice to God's people. The New Jerusalem is coming. Recently here on KVAN, DJ Mycenae received a phone call on the air from Paladin, Chief of Finalitors, who had a very important message for this world. You think the Chief of Finalitors calling from the landline or he's got a cell phone what's a finaliter what does that even mean well I, i'm not quite sure but um from my understanding of what they claim it to be it's uh, a soul that's been all the way to paradise and like has returned back out into its creation it's like a teacher so this is going to be gabriel talking but in this character as, as this like this soul that like went through this whole process and then came back. He like I got like the way it it states it is that um, he was like an evolutionary mortal at one time and place, kind of like me or you, like right, we're mortal beings. And uh, the Arantia book or whatever, there the Cosmic Family volumes talk about um, past lives and stuff like that. So Aladdin is kind of like a a mortal human being that is like traverse time and space through the ascension process all the way to paradise. And, and now he's come back to like uh, gather his cosmic family. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a long story. So we're very privileged. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is like a big one, buddy. It's, it's a big one. <laughs> Hello, this is K van visionary radio. Yes. Uh, can I speak on the air? Please, please, please do. All right. Yes, uh, my name is Paladin. That's spelled T-A-L-A-D-I-N, Paladin. Paladin. Yes. Uh, I'm the celestial bee that speaks through Taliesin, Altora. Mm, yes. All right. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Yes. I would like to share with the general public that we are living in a transition period. We are about to experience the beginning of the first stage of light and life on Urantia Earth. Yeah, so that phrase comes up a lot. Light, first stage of light and life. What, what's that? The Urantia book talks about like we're in a rebellion, right? Just kind of like the Bible too, you know, it's a battle for souls, uh, the same message across the board. And um, so he talks about like, once you be- you can become pure and like uh, shed the, the worldly hangups and, you know, join his community and, you know, be completely subservient to him. And then there'll be a point where, uh, there's a cleansing of the planet, and uh, it could be through apocalyptic shit or, you know, whatever. He just, you know, you'll find out more in the in the stuff to come. But um, yeah, so like uh, he's talking about a cleansing of the planet, and um, there's a point after that that will be, if you're spiritually pure, you'll you'll come into light and life, and that's what he's talking about. Or it's. The planet is no longer in rebellion, so no more cactus, no more black widows. It's all like rainbows and unicorns, buddy. Well, his book, like, I can't remember the, the name, 
the divine new order maybe and then like the subtitles the first stage of light and life so th- he's been predicting that this first stage of this change was coming for some time right yeah but th- it's uh he's a master of his story because he's made it dynamic and it's evolutionary right so it's ever changing and it could go this way or that way you know it's uh it's a good way to be a cult leader man you, you know it's the, the story is continually changing and you know so right now I, he's always been talking about china you know <laughs> talking about china and the divine new order you know that's his autobiography of like his coming into being who the great soul that he is and um so yeah it's uh it's a never-changing story it's just like a politician man but i was just wondering if it's like if he thinks that it's been taking its time, but now it's really happening. Uh, well, yeah, he's, he's ramping it up, man. I mean, you know, fear, fear motivates, you know, it motivates all of us. You scare a human being and they're willing to like pretty much do whatever. And you get mob mentality and you know, it, he has a mob, you know, and it's easier to control a herd than it is to control an individual. And they're all in a herd right now. And, they follow suit this episode is brought to you by bumble so you want to find someone you're compatible with specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection totally open to having kids in the future is a tall rock climbing libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on tuesdays just as much as you do bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you so whatever it is you're looking for bumble's features can help you find it date now on bumble when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are about to experience the beginning of the first stage of light and life on Urantia Earth and the coming and landing of the New Jerusalem with Christ Michael Jesus inside of it, as well as millions and millions of souls. He just said... (laughs) The new Jerusalem is coming, right? And he claims that this is an architectural world. And it's going to be like four states big. Like like a spaceship, essentially. Like a huge, massive... Massive. You, bro, huge, like four states. And it would, it's that big. And it's like, and he just said Jesus is going to be on it. When He, he just literally said that, okay? <laughs> So be prepared for the new Jerusalem. It's coming. And then Jesus is going to hop off that bugger. This great event has been prophesied for centuries. It is written in the book of Revelations. Go look at it. Type in New Jerusalem. So they mentioned the spaceship in the in the book of Revelations. And Jesus getting off of it, you know, and I'm not sure... Which revelations that was? I mean, is that one off of the internet or did they, is that in the Bible? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think it's in the Quran. Um, is the, is architectural world a, a like a, a Urantia term? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it talks about the architectural words in the Urantia book. And uh, yeah, they're, they're spectacular. But um, pimp my architectural world. <laughs> Now on Earth, Urantia, we are experiencing wars and rumors, rumors of wars. Millions of people right now are affected and millions of more will be affected in the next two years. You know, it's funny, though, is Gabriel has a speech impediment and it transfers through to these beings. So when Gabriel talks white porky pig, so does Paladin. 
It's interesting. He doesn't, that does not, um, you would think if um, really high being like Paladin or these other entities he's channeling, they might not pick up his speech impediment. Why? If he, also, if he's like the highest being on the planet, why you got a speech impediment, homie? No, it's definitely noticeable. And it's like when I was talking to people who had, you know, who are ex-members who had heard him and were talking about the experience of watching these channeling sessions, they would be like, oh, Gabriel turns into a completely different person. His face changes and he sounds different and it's really freaky. And I don't know what the experience is like when you're in the session, but me as a lay person listening to tapes later, it's like you get the porky pig effect, you know? Yeah. You know, I've been in so many of those sessions, dude. I mean, and I never saw that, but what you get, dude, is you get a, a really low lit room and a lot of candles burning and a lot of like, it starts out with like some fucking, I don't know, like monk music playing. Like, I, I don't even know what to describe it, dude. And then like, you know, you're supposed to go in there and sit in like meditation for, they let you sit for a minute. Cause you know, you're waiting for a high being to walk through the door. So, you know, you're in there meditating and, you know, listening to calm music and there's lights and, you know, there's this whole ceremony and it's like a freaking seance, man. And then, so, you know, if you go into something like that and you want to see something, sure. You're going to look at this old man sitting there with in the dark with a bunch of candles flickering. And yeah, you might, I don't know. It, it might look odd to you and like, and not only that, but these sessions, he's fucking screaming at you. So it's not like this, oh, I've seen his face morph into this beautiful entity. No, bro, he's sitting there and he's like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, li literally, he's saying, like, you motherfuckers are so fucking far out of God's will. Like, you are headed to Dandros. Like, I mean, it's a fear session. And then you go into this fear session and there's some basic I don't know, back and forth. He cracks jokes and shit, like talked about Wormwood coming. You know, I mean, there's been an evolution over it of the, you know, 30 plus years. So his story changes a little bit, but it's always the same shit. And I can tell you what, you go into it, there's like some community meeting shit and they'll be like, they'll chastise you what how the community needs to like fuck the hell up and, you know, work harder. And then it'll give some like weird ass teaching and he'll sing a little bit. And then like he'll then becomes the ass chewing session and that goes and it's a violent narcissistic rage for a good 30 to two hours could be 30 minutes to two hours man and then he gets really sweet with you and he's like but i love you and we will get through this together and like i'm not the dead ass like it's a <laughs> so when people are like oh yeah i've seen all this shit if they saw something, they wanted to see it. And that was their ego trying to get close to Paladin. You're explaining like theatricality, like a real obvious, like real concerted effort to create an environment where people's imaginations can run away. There's a thing called a placebo effect. There's also a nocebo effect. And Gabriel can do both of those to you. You know, if you truly believe in something, Yo, you're, if you want to see something, I'm going to come here and see something. Oh, by God, you might just see something. That's a, that's a human condition, man. Armageddon is soon, unfortunately, to transpire. There will be war between Russia, China, and the United States and its allies. A third world war. The very well can be a nuclear war. While that is happening, the weather problems will continue to get worse because of Planet X in the neighborhood. The sun at this moment is having its own hiccups with three major holes in the sun producing tremendous 
solar flares, which is affecting now planet Earth. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never heard him talk about the solar flares or the Carrington effect either, but like that is like an old school. Like I actually did a document, little short documentary about it for The Verge in like 2012. So, you know, it's like he's obviously like going out and looking for more conspiracy theories. He's cherry picking this shit, man. I mean, that's what he does all day long is he goes and he sits and looks at all types of conspiracy and new age. And oh, yeah, you know, he's ramping it up because he's lost a lot of his narcissistic supply. And uh, that's when you really ramp it up. And, you know, when anybody leaves there, it's ramped up to scare the shit out of people. So this this radio, uh, you know, whatever thread is. It was there for a reason, and it wasn't necessarily for the common people, but this is a message to certain people that have just left. And he's really trying to run it home like, yo, this is the end game. Y'all better get your asses back here right now, or it's Dandros for your ass. Dandros. And what is Dandros? He mentioned it a few times. Uh, It's their version of hell. What do you do? here on Earth affects a whole system of planets. What you do on this Earth either helps the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the devil. This is not time for ha ha ho ho. This is time to get on the Tao. The perfect Tao. This is not time to make money. This is time to trust in God. This is time to leave this system, the system of Babylon, the system of Caligastia. This is that time. You can no longer wait. You cannot longer live for something that isn't real. But nothing in this world is real. The world world is coming. And Michael will be here. Jesus returned. In two years or shorter. He's really passionate, right? Like, man, he's really, like, convincing me here. Yet, you really need to wake up. (laughs) I'm going back, man. So, all need to wake up. Wake up and hear what the Master is saying to the people of the earth, to the people of Urantia. This fallen world 606 of Satania. Yonder, over, and out. Thank you, Paladin Van. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful and important message. We'll keep talking about it and spreading the good word and the important word. Yes, remember, speak with conviction. Thank you, sir. I will. All right. This is no time to play around on this earth. We are about to go to war with Russia and China. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Paladin Van. The website of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion, the campus where these ministers and missionaries, human rights ministers, missionaries, and activists are being trained to bring this message to the world. That website is uaspr.org. The campus sits at Avalon Organic Gardens and Eco Village, where the purification gathering on May 5th is being held. So, if you want to find out more, you can always give us a call here at K Van Visionary Radio to be pointed in the direction that you uh, need to to find out more about whatever aspect of what we're sharing resonates with you and how to get more information. Our number here at the station is 520 740 2320. 520-740-2320. You can visit the website uaspr.org to find out more and uh, 
Let's play some music and let all of that sink into your hearts, minds, and souls. So many beautiful songs that I could play on the heels of that very important message. Um, but there's one I think I'm going to go ahead and pull up because Paladin talked about the revelation, revelations and the new Jerusalem. And I went ahead and looked that up as he directed to. And I just want to read this and then play you a very special song. This is from Revelation 21 from the New International Version of the Bible, A New Heaven and a New Earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And with that, I give you this beautiful song by Talia's Man and the Bright and Morning Star Band. It is the vision of that new Jerusalem coming. This is Holy City. And, you know, she they just advocated. She just said, you need to make right choices. And the only solution he gave in that whole talk that he just spat out was that you need to come to divine administration. That was it. You have to come to the cult. You have to come there to the was compound. No, no other, nothing than that. Other than we're going to war, possibly could be nuclear. And the only thing that you can do as a good Jesus loving human being is to come to divine administration and submit to the authority of eldership here. That's it. What other, what other message was there? And, and you were saying before, when we were talking that you think this um, message, this particular broadcast is kind of an escalation as far as like an indication of Gabriel getting weirder or more desperate or, There is an evolution of like what's going on in this community. And, you know, it's completely different from its infancy. It's uh, it's a wealthy working business right now. You know, it's a, it's a corporation, a nonprofit corporation that has, you know, 501c3 tax exempt status. And um, they got a, a lot of holdings. And Gabriel's getting pretty old now, and he's probably going to not be around much longer. And um, so what do they do with this monster they've created? And, um, you know, there's a couple people there that are going to try to vie for the power of this organization, which is worth a lot of fucking money. And... Uh, you know, it's in chaos right now. So, like I said, this part of the reason this came out was because some people left. And um, that doesn't look good, you know, especially the people that did leave. Um, you know, that does not look good for Gabriel. And uh, someone with, you know, in the cluster B range of mental health <laughs> like uh, psychopathy and malignant narcissism but when they're not getting that same feed of like adoration boy they're gonna lose they shit and he's getting old and he knows he's gonna die so that's when it gets ultra crazy you know because he wants to leave his stamp on this planet you know and he's trying to do that with his golden temple and um, 
you know, he's going to get really far out there here in the, the very new, near future, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, it's a fascinating psychological piece. JG, tell us what's going on in Parallax Views. I have a lot of stuff coming out. You are the hardest working man in podcasting. Uh, I, I used to call myself the human podcasting machine. Uh, but recently I had uh, Suzanne Schneider on who has a book out called The Apocalypse and the End of History, uh, Modern Jihad. And I, I believe the title is moder- – the subtitle is uh, – Modern Jihad and the Crisis of Liberalism. And uh, it's a really interesting book that gets into, you know, a lot of people think of jihadism as, uh, you know, this like pre-modern sort of phenomena. Whereas people like Suzanne Schneider and uh, most famously the philosopher, the British philosopher John Gray, argue that things like Al-Qaeda and ISIS are actually very, very modern. Yeah, um, they, they refer to... Yeah, they refer to uh, Islamic fundamentalism uh, more accurately, I think, as um, as political Islam. So it's this branch of Islam that really came to bear in the middle part of the 20th century when people in the Middle East realized that they could force their regressive ideas down people's throats under the cover of Islam, the same way that like dominionists in America try to force these retrograde, retrogressive ideas down our throats as Christianity, when really Christian nationalism has nothing to do with Christianity. Yeah, I, I would go further than that. I would say Christian nationalism is a heresy. But uh, in any case, I have I have those interviews out, and then I have um, a few coming out now. Uh, I have William Hoagland. That's going to be out by this weekend. Uh, William Hoagland of the Bad History Substack, and also— William Hoagland from the Faces of Mars? No, no, no. That's Richard Hoagland. Oh. <laughs> so William Hoagland is this really awesome uh, historian. He wrote like um, Autumn of the Black Snake, which is about like the history of um, the U.S. I think the U.S. like military uh, since like George Washington and, and like that period. He also wrote about the Whiskey Rebellion. But he sort of writes about like the – I mean I guess he writes like dad history you know what I mean? Like, uh, like the kind of history books you would buy for your dad. But he sort of tries to interrogate history while doing that. He's writing pop history that sort of interrogates our assumptions about the the founders and the ways in which we uh, sort of turn, you know, the founding fathers into like saintly figures when they were just as fallible and human as us. Uh, but he's coming to my show to talk about uh, the potential overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade and what he thinks of the leaked uh, documents and um, the ways in which those leaked documents, the draft essentially looks at history and why he thinks it's not a good history that uh, that draft does. Um, And then I also have uh, Yumna Patel from Mondo Weiss coming on uh, to talk about um, her documentary on Israel and Palestine. And um, I will be doing a show on Yemen with a journalist from Yemen, uh, Nasser Arabi. So that's what I have coming up on Parallax Views. Very cool. And uh, everybody subscribe to Parallax Views if you haven't already. And um, do you have a Patreon or anything like that if people want to support you? Patreon.com slash Parallax Views. Yeah. And um, if you really want to support independent media, you can sign up for JG's Patreon and Failed State Update Newsletter on Substack, it's lennyflatley.substack.com. Um, not only will you get a newsletter a couple times a week, but you will get stories um, that nobody else gets to see. Or, at the very least, you'll get to see stories before other people see them. So so it's a great way to help us out. And um, I, guess, I guess that's it, JG. Right on. So when the right one comes along, oh my God. Man, I tell you, they are so beautiful. The last song was a Cosmo rock song. This is the Cosmo ballad. You 
Ah. Uh-huh. 